Welcome back, everybody. I'm actually welcoming myself back. Welcoming, ring, ring, ring. welcoming myself back from Arcadia, which was ridiculously good. It was so good. <laughs> like, exceeded all expectations. I think pretty much all of us had. We had uh, so many twists and turns getting there from the change from Wyoming out to Vegas. Um, and we had a lot of new faces. You know, this is our first event where we allowed... Um, friends and family and people that had been in the mix before and gone through our screening process and gone through a lot of the deep dive work into breath work and different things that we offer at the summits, they were allowed to invite three friends. So, uh, and they didn't have the same screening process, but we just trusted that. And everyone was fucking awesome. The speakers who have been a fan of for years from Charles Eisenstein to Dr. Zach Bush to Matthias Stefano from Gaia's Initiation and, and uh, other works, uh, and so many more. Robert Edward Grant, which just came on Aubrey's podcast, is phenomenal. You know, I'm listening to these guys, and I'm like, this is the best version of them I've ever heard or seen. Um, and, and perhaps one of the coolest things was we stayed in this giant house in Vegas, a big-ass Airbnb, and right when I went in, I was like, Damn, this is 11 bedrooms? That doesn't make sense. Like, two houses are connected right now. And I was thinking back to when I was on uh, The Ultimate Fighter Season 8. And I remembered that they had to postpone... They had to postpone our, our production start date because they hadn't finished the house. And somebody told me that they... Uh, the UFC would purchase houses, custom build them, and um, use them just for the show and then Airbnb it afterwards. So... I had that in the back of my head and I was like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I saw, you know, there's a, the poster on the wall, a uh, canvas that has four different UFC fight gloves. And I was like, oh, fight fans. Then I looked across the room and I saw this weird octagon art. And I was like, oh, it's, this is for sure a fight house. And I went in the other room and there's a UFC pool table. So it was, it was brought, brought a lot of memories back. I think a lot of people had had a different history when they were in Vegas prior, myself included. And to set that container with uh, the speakers we had, the incredible musicians. Dirtwire was insane. Um, many, many musicians I hadn't heard of before that were just phenomenal. And of course, I spoke with uh, Chad Johnson on Regenerative Agriculture. There's a great podcast that I did with him. He'll be back on here pretty soon, I imagine, uh, to continue to dream into what we're doing with our farm. And, uh, but yeah, you know, the usual folks, uh, Caitlin, Godzi all crushed it, but the extras that we brought in were just nothing short of exceptional. Emily Fletcher. <laughs> I just love her. She's so good. Got to meditate with Emily. And anyways, we, we all stayed under one roof at this giant Ultimate Fighter house. And that was the coolest thing. That was like the, the in-between time, you know, when we were just sitting down, not working, dead tired from staying up all night. And we just drop into these awesome and amazing conversations on God. And it was really, really cool just to shoot the shit with, with all these experts. And yeah, it would have been nice to record it. I'd love, I wish I was a fly on the wall for every conversation, but, um, that would require a hell of a production team doing that. Anywho, I'm, uh, I'm digressing because I'm still dead tired. I just got back in from Vegas yesterday. And even though I slept well, it's going to take me a minute here to get my bearings back. But um, this podcast I have been looking forward to. I heard uh, Alex Dore first on Sky King's podcast. Maybe if you, you guys uh, listen to Sky King. He works with Aubrey and I on 
our sponsors and does a phenomenal job finding people that we love and want to work with. And Sky's got a great podcast where he's taking a deep dive into what's happening in China and all sorts of really cool uh, world events. And he has a very um, balanced and awesome approach to the stuff that he covers. But he was telling me, he's like, hey, man, I got this guy named Alex Thor, who is the mushroom expert of all mushroom experts. And I was like, Stamets level? And he's like, Stamets level. And I was like, all right. Uh, like tarot level? Because tarot has been on the podcast, the CEO of Four Sigmatic. He's like, tarot level. And I was like, all right, dude. All right, throw him my way. And uh, I was blown away. It was funny because we started this podcast and he asked me where I was. And I was like, oh, I'm in Southeast Austin. He's like, oh, I'm in Austin too. And I was like, motherfucker, why, why did we not do this face to face? But um, it just shows how busy I was before this Arcadia event. No chance to communicate prior to the podcast. No chance to get it dialed in. Like, oh shit, you're local. Let's do it. Um, so I'm I'm confident that I'll be running this back with Alex in a year or two to to really rehash everything that he's figured out in the mushroom game. He's not just a fan and an expert on psilocybin, which is a topic of conversation we dive into, but he's also um, an expert on all mushrooms, you know, and 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 really can take a deep dive into some of the medical. Uh, medicinal properties, rather, of um, some of these amazing fungi. So uh, it's been a minute since I've done one on on mushrooms. And if you're not into psychedelics, don't worry. We dive into all things legal, growing your own, all sorts of good stuff, how it's used with the bees these days, thanks to Stamets' work, and and much, much more. Leave us a five-star review with one or two ways the show has helped you change your life. Specifics, please. Either a book I mentioned or a topic of conversation one of the guests had. Um, anything that, that helps shift you and change the way you live. Because that's ultimately what integration is. doesn't matter if you're going to the Amazon for ayahuasca or if you're just listening to a podcast, how you integrate the things you learn is by embodying them, by trying them on for size and actually changing your day-to-day. So let us, let us know one of those in the comments and uh, be sure to support our sponsors. Share this with friends, but support our sponsors. They make this show possible. A while back, I had on one of the co-founders from... HVMN, they make a product called Ketone IQ, and that's found at ketone-iq.com. And there is nothing like it. Now, mind you, when I was director of human optimization at Onnit, I created ketones. I created a beta-hydroxybutyrate powder that was phenomenal, but it didn't, it didn't touch the ass of Ketone IQ. I mean, this ketone ester is something that's on a completely different level. It's, it's the, really the holy grail of ketones. And for people that are first starting out, it is by far the best one to try because you know it's working the second you take it. I love the conversation I had with him. It's awesome. Um, you can check that out. It's, it's, it'll be in the show notes. We've got so much good stuff from these guys. In that conversation, we talked about where their company is heading and everything they're doing. But briefly, you know, we often hear that fasting and exercise are good for the brain. One reason is that when we push our body to its metabolic limits, we create nature's super fuel, ketones. Ketone IQ delivers clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier, supplying your brain and body with sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness, putting you in a flow lasting for hours. Uh, I personally love this. I mean, I've, I've had many keto experts on the podcast from Dr. Dominic D'Agostino to Dr. Peter Atia and Ben Greenfield. There is, and you know, all these guys are fasting experts as well. They kind of goes hand in hand with the ketogenic diet. But one thing is for sure, if you're doing an extended fast with water only or even a dry fast, by day three, you're in ketosis. And it does something to the brain. It's a cleaner fuel. It's just slightly different. And in that, you feel like you have some space. You feel a bit calmer. 
Uh, many of the microbiome experts have had on the show report that there's some science that shows when you're in ketosis or when you're fasting, your body shifts into creating more GABA from the microbiome, which is the calming neurotransmitter master, and then glutamate, which is the excitatory part of um, the nervous system. So that, that, uh, that makes sense. That adds up. Um, this can be used for endurance training, marathons, 5Ks, even a one mile, or it can be used for lifting weights. It's going to give you energy. It's not glycolytic, meaning it's not going to give you extra power on your one rep max, but it will help with everything else. It will help with recovery. It will help with sustained mental energy. And this is a huge one. Dr. Dom Diangostino reported that you could actually sleep less on a ketogenic diet and still get away with it. And what he was studying was uh, advanced military folks like the Navy SEALs and different people like that who'd have to wake up at 3 a.m., go out for an hour-long mission and go back to sleep, and then still perform the very next morning. And what he found was in a ketogenic state and supplementing with ketones like this one right here from Ketone IQ, you would have a significant performance boost even in the face of not having a full night's rest. So needless to say, I was running this shit every single day, multiple times a day while I was out in Vegas, and it got me through it. You know, I I, I was partying and at the same time, I had to show up, I had to teach and I had to be available for people. And, and many of the people that I was coming across, they had a lot to say. And um, in order for me to be my best version of myself and to be present for everything they were saying, I knew that I needed the ketones. So check it all out. Visit ketoneiq.com and use promo code KKP at checkout to save 10%. Again, that's ketone-iq.com and promo code KKP. Or the next 100 people to visit ketoneiq.com and use promo code KKP at checkout will save 20%. Again, that's ketone-iq.com and promo code KKP. We're also brought to you today by www.organifi.com slash KKP. Use code KKP for 20% off everything in their store. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high-quality ingredients and less than 3 grams of sugar. This really is the kicker. It tastes phenomenal. Every one of their products and they're all low carbohydrate. And that's not the case if you're shopping for produce and juicing and having to clean and go through all the headache of making fresh juice. You're almost always going to have a higher amount uh, of carbohydrates than three grams of sugar. It's just, that's just how it works. If you want to make something taste good and you start throwing green apples and things like that in or beet, carrots, uh, that all tastes great, but they're really high in carbohydrates. And I don't want to drink carbohydrates. I've always, you know, understood that uh, when it comes to weight loss and performing my best, if I'm going to eat a moderate amount of starch and things like that to remain glycolytic, that's fine. But if I start drinking sugar, that's going to make me fat. That's going to lead to inflammation. And I don't want to get all the, the, the benefits of these amazing plants at the cost of getting fat and inflammated. Uh, so, Basically, when you're looking for superfoods, it's nice when somebody prepackages the damn thing all into one convenient location that you can take with you on the road, into the office, wherever you're at, and you can have a delicious and nutritious drink that's going to provide you with a lot of things you're likely not eating. I don't go to the grocery store to get ashwagandha. I don't find moringa in some odd market, cook with it. Um, but it's all in the Organifi green juice. And that's something I take with me on the road. I had it at Arcadia as well, I, multiple times a day. I was taking that as an adaptogen to help balance my nervous system. So again, I could perform well and be present with everybody I interacted with. These are, are you know, there's, there's, there's no remedy for, for chronic bad sleep. Let me just say that. That's the first and foremost. You don't build a foundation without Dr. Quiet. 
That said, if I know I'm going to be put through the ringer for four or five days, there are some things that can help me through that. Organifi green juice is one of them. Organifi red juice is great for giving you energy. It's got cordyceps sinensis, and uh, which is a mushroom that helps improve mitochondrial function, increasing energy within the body and the brain and the heart. And a number of other awesome products they have at Organifi.com slash KKP. Check it all out, Organifi.com slash KKP and use code KKP at 20% off everything in the store. All right, I want everybody to head to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash masszymes.com slash Kingsboo free. That is M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash K-I-N-G-S-B-U-F-R-E. Listen up, I've got some great news for you. My friends over at Bioptimizers have put together a truly irresistible offer that is only good while stock lasts. Here's the deal. You'll get a free bottle of their best-selling enzyme supplement called Masszymes. You'll get a free copy of their book, From Sick to Superhuman. You'll get a free copy of the Ultimate Carnivore Cookbook. And you'll get a free copy of Plant-Based Superfood Delights. This bundle has a total value of $81. But they'll send it to you for free if you fill out a short form and cover a small shipping fee. Trust me, guys, this is a very rare deal. So why should you take advantage of this free bundle offer besides the fact that it's free? Well, Masszymes is a powerful best-in-class enzyme supplement that improves digestion reduces gas and bloating, and provides relief from constipation. You'll want to take this supplement daily, even if you only eat healthy organic food. Why? Because your body produces fewer enzymes as you age, so it becomes harder to quickly digest and assimilate food. Taking Masszymes daily can help you fill those gaps. After you start taking Masszymes, you may notice that you no longer feel bloated after meals, and that your belly feels flatter. And if you have leaky gut, Masszymes could reduce gut irritation and help you absorb more nutrients. Like I said, this free bundle offer, which includes a bottle of Masszymes plus free three free ebooks, is only available while stock lasts. So you'll want to get to this exclusive link to take advantage of it. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash masszymes.com slash Kingsboo free. And of course, we'll have that nice long URL uh, just pasted there in the show notes for you when you scroll down. I absolutely love these guys. Bioptimizers is phenomenal. I had their founder on the show back in the day, and I definitely need to run it back with him. He's a great dude really on the cutting edge of, of gut health. You know, really when I think about what is the, the holy grail of how you optimize recovery and lower inflammation and get the most out of eating healthy, it really does come down to having some really good enzymes and hydrochloric acid and, and, and brilliant probiotics. And they have it all over um, at Bioptimizer. So check it out. So check out the link in the show notes. Last but not least, we are brought to you by my friends at forceofnature.com. I recently had Robbie on from Force of Nature, and we deep dove the food system. We deep dove the medical system. We took a deep dive into all sorts of good stuff and really the history of the the foundations of Force of Nature. Robbie, of course, had partnered up with Taylor from Rome Ranch, a couple of local Austin born and bred dudes that decided to get into farming after college and have been doing it right ever since. And one of the things that Force of Nature set out to do was to find other farmers that are doing it right in a regenerative fashion that is restoring the microbiome of the soil and increasing the potency of the plants and animals that that eat the grasses and everything that's above it. And through uh, paddock rotation and regenerative practices, these guys have created a number of amazing products, including an ancestral blend, which is uh, ground bison grass-fed, 100% grass-finished, outdoors its entire life, roaming freely on a 1,500-acre farm. 
And that's at Rome, and that's just one of many that Force of Nature has been able to find in making these amazing bison products. They also have elk and uh, chorizo from wild boar and venison and you name it. If you want game meat and you want awesome food that's going to be the most delicious and nutritious thing you can put in your body and your family's body, visit forceofnature.com or check them out in any Whole Foods or Sprouts supermarket because these guys are blowing up. They're everywhere. But if you want the dope deal I can give you, check it out at the website, forceofnature.com and use discount code KKP for $15 off your first order. And without further ado, my brother Alex Dorr from Mushroom Revival. All right, we're in. This is this is funny. We just found out that we're both here in Austin, Texas, <laughs> doing this via Zoom. Um, yeah, just I, I mean, now everyone's yeah. moving to Austin now, so it's not that not that weird. That's you true. have to assume nowadays. That is true. Yeah, I just I just I was running from another podcast I just did with uh, Chris from Alive Water. It was introduced to me from Luke Story. Luke Story, another California refugee that made his way out here after uh, I had been out here and his many trips to come visit me and Aubrey. And obviously, you know, I think when Rogan moved here, the rest of the world decided to as well. So, but damn, well, I got to meet you. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a must. Just listening to your podcast with Sky King, who's a mutual friend and a, and a homie. Um, that I was like, yeah, this is this is a guy I want to know, and it's a guy I want to want on the podcast for sure. That was a super fun conversation, and yeah, I love Sky. We just recently bumped into each other, and yeah, creating a, a, a soul fam here in in Austin. Yeah, he's he's. I love the way he thinks. You know, like even listening to him talk about um, his time in jujitsu. You know, we worked together at on it for a long time, and he he kind of dabbled here and there, but never really took it seriously. And then seeing him now, I mean, every time I take my son into Tenth Planet, he's always there gearing up for the evening class and you know putting his game face on and getting it going. Oh, so yeah. I, I love the way he thinks, and, and I love everything that he's into right now. Tell us a bit about you. What was life like growing up for you? And you know, talk about your time in, in school and what you studied and and, and how you really started to, to to come to know mushrooms in the way that you know them. Yeah, I I've kind of always been a rebel since I was a young kid. Like always been interested in counterculture movements, whatever it may be, just whatever everybody else was not into. That's where I found, you know, my my jam and my beat. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've always, I think it really hit me. I, I took a family trip to Ecuador when I was a young kid and, uh, some of the happiest days of my life are, are in the Amazon rainforest. And I remember, you know, um, being in the middle of the Amazon and just so much biodiversity around me and just being so excited. And from the core of my soul, just like, this is it, you know, this is, I've never been surrounded by so much life before. And just looking up at the stars, never seeing any, like so many stars in my life, unbelievable. But then what kind of jolted me back to reality was the sound of, of saws in the background. Uh, and like realizing that people were cutting down the most biodiverse region on the planet. And that kind of stuck with me as a young kid. And, um, you know, it, it, I went back to Ecuador, I don't know how many years later, but, you know, saw this again, this happening. And I was actually spending like three, four months there studying biodiversity in different ecosystems and finding so many mushrooms. I mean, they're unbelievable. And I was, I was into them at that point, but 
it, it didn't fully take me over the edge. And, you know, it wasn't until I was in Yasuni National Park, uh, which is one of the most, if not the most biodiverse regions on the planet per square foot that I, you know, saw people with an oil company just like drilling for oil and leaving these unlined pits of oil and uh, messing with the indigenous communities there and just really damaging the ecosystems. Um, and at the same time, I was just happening to read papers about how mushrooms can clean up toxic waste in the environment, clean up oil spills. And so that's that's what I got my degree in in, in college. Um, and I just knew that I, I needed to figure out how, how fungi could, could be used as a tool to kind of help a lot of our major problems. Um, and that was the starting point. And I now I'm just interested in every single facet of how fungi weave into not only us as, as a human species, but just in general, you know, they're, they're really the main recyclers. I mean, they, they hold life on their back and they're kind of the bridge between life and death. Uh, but they're so humble. You know, um, they're really underneath the soil. They don't take a lot of credit and they're really doing the most. And that many people are talking about them. Yeah, they're they're kind of like the underappreciated superheroes out there doing amazing work. And so it, it's cool to be at the, the forefront of something that's just picking up here in the States. Um, it's something that in other countries, like if you were born in Japan or China or Eastern Europe, I mean, probably your your grandparents were hyped up about mushrooms. But here in the United States, not a lot of people are talking about them. You know, we just had the Netflix documentary Fantastic Fungi come out, which is awesome. More people like in in health and wellness circles are starting to talk about it, but it it's it's really like a baby. Um, and so it's it's exciting to get more and more people get excited about it and appreciating them. Yeah, hell yeah. What were some of your big influences in, in driving towards that? Was it with experiences with psilocybin or um, just seeing the wide variety that was there before you? Or was it people like Paul Stamets or, or Terrence McKenna that started having you look a little deeper? It's funny because, you know, they were one of the, the first terrestrial organisms on the planet. Um, you know, they've been around, fungi have been documented to be around 1 billion years old and on planet Earth on the land for 810 million years old. And so for me, the first was psilocybin and I had a crazy heroic dose, my first dose. Um, someone handed me a solo cup, a red solo cup full of uh, dried magic mushrooms. Um, and it ended up being around like 30 grams. And I had no idea what, like, what a dose was at the time. So I ate it all on the spot. I I was like, all right, let's strap it in for a good experience. And it blew me the fuck away. Like it was the craziest experience I've ever had. And I just got these downloads like about what mycorrhizal fungi was and these complex systems of fungi that I hadn't even studied yet. And I was seeing visions like I could see through the soil and what was going on and um, all these crazy downloads only to find out later, like reading in textbooks, I was like, this is what I saw that first trip. And, you know, I was on pharmaceuticals at the time for depression and anxiety. And that trip alone helped me get over. I had, you know, I was smoking like two packs a day of cigarettes, completely stopped smoking cigarettes. I was drinking a lot, stopped drinking. 
changed my friend groups, flushed my meds down the toilet. Like I was totally got into yoga, got into working out, all these different things. And so that was the starting point of like, oh, okay, this is, you know, it's one thing to read it in a book and it's another to experience it firsthand. Um, and so a lot of my learning of, of mushrooms and fungi come from just experiencing them, from eating them, but also just being with them in the forest. You know, you, you can learn a lot uh, by just observing. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's funny. One of the reasons why I was like a full fuck yeah about having you on because I was like, you know, we've had we've had uh, Tarot from Four Sigmatic on and some and a couple maybe maybe a very small two or three uh, mushroom experts on the show before, but it was hearing that you had had a thirty gram dose and I was like, oh shit! I mean, there's like Stamets on his first journey and maybe a handful of Kalindi I uh, supporters that have ventured into that deep a territory. I've only done it once. Um, but it was with penis envy and I had ground them up and, and uh, I just mixed them with water because I fasted the whole day too beforehand. So 24 hour fast, took them in the evening, um, you know, McKenna style, cold, dark room music. And, um, you know, to, to, there's people like the, the uninitiated, they've never done any plant medicines, have no the fuck, no idea what we're talking about. Then there are people who have done, you know, a gram, maybe even up to, to a heroic dose of five grams they still don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Like it's, it's, I remember my dad asked me, he's like, there must be a point of diminishing returns, you know, like where at a certain point your brain can't handle anymore and it just stops being more beneficial. And I was like, if that point exists, it's not at 30 grams. It's probably way higher than that. And that's what Kalindi was proposing in his work. And I'll, I'll link to, I'll have Jose link to uh, one of his famous talks on, on YouTube. He passed out before or passed away rather before coming on the podcast but um, he really gave me permission, you know, like here was a guy who was grounded and, you know, more grounded than most people I meet in ayahuasca circles talking about the benefits of going to 20 to 30 grams of, of psilocybin in one whack when you've already done the healing, you know, all these other great tools and, and the, you know, the, the reliving of painful memories and working through trauma, super important on the past. But once you reach a certain, reach a certain point in your path, you could be ready for more. And, and the sky's the limit on that. He's like, what makes psilocybin uh, special is that there is no rate limiting factor. You know, you could drink ayahuasca until you die. You could do a boga until you die. You know, there are certain parameters where it's going to squeeze you and wring you out and you might die of dehydration from shitting and puking too much. Psilocybin doesn't have that. And it will take you orders of magnitude deeper. And I, I just finished reading, um, the DMT Dialogues, which is a fantastic book on DMT featuring Graham Hancock, Rupert Sheldrake, um, Dennis McKenna, and a ton of the great guys, the researchers, you know, who have really had their, their hands in that. And one of the things that Rick Strassman was proposing was trying to figure out a way to extend the DMT window. Like, can we go into that experience conscious enough to interact with other beings and intelligences and then return home with real world data that's going to help us on planet earth right now. And I love that as a mission, right? But then after doing the 30 grams, I was like, you don't need to extend DMT. You just need 30 grams of mushrooms. That is five hours of DMT. And there's nothing short of that. Like I, I've never experienced beings on DMT other than like the, the felt presence of them. I've never interacted with them. 30 grams of mushrooms. I was eyes wide open looking at aliens in my fucking living room. Like, wow, what the fuck is happening right now? You know, like it's, yeah, a, different, and the, and it's a different level. 
the molecule itself, psilocybin or psilocin, which it gets broken down to, is is not too far off from the molecule of DMT, right? Or serotonin. I mean, it's just one doohingy off, uh, which is a big doohingy, but it it's really like, you know, I've heard the theory that um, psilocybin just is the same as uh, as DMT in the body. And, you know, I, I, I find that I go to similar places with both DMT, Aya, and, and mushrooms. And, you know, it, it's, all, it's all kind of the same trip, you know, and they're all tools to get, to come home in a sense. And, and you know, there is, I love Kalindi and he was one of my, my first mentors and he, an amazing human being slash alien. But um, there's also the thought process that you don't need more, right? And, and there's this kind of hamster wheel that a lot of people go on is like, I need more, I need more, I need more. And it's like, do, like I don't know if you, you do. And, and sometimes you actually need less. And it, it's, it's funny, like I, I was just in Peru like a week or two ago and uh, it, I was with one of my dear friends and he, he brought on one of his high school friends and he was joking with the maestro. He was just like, um, Oh yeah, two cups for me and him, and uh, like two cups is a is a large amount, especially for the brew that that he makes. A starter amount is like half a cup, um, and so you know a full cup is like a heroic dose. Like you're gonna have a, you're gonna be blasted off. Uh, two cups is like you're crazy. Like that you're gonna <laughs> be obliterated. So you know he's he said it as a joke, and then the maestro just kind of giggled, you know, and he's just like, uh oh, like, <laughs> and then the night came. And, you know, he's pouring the cups and uh, they both asked for a quarter cup. And they're like, no, 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 we were just joking. Like, please give us a quarter cup, which is half the starter dose. Like quarter cup is not that much. And all the maestro did, he just gave you this like devilish grin and he's just like giggling as he's pouring. And, it, and I'm like, the whole room knew they, they both drank the quarter cup and they got, just got blasted. Like they got obliterated. They were throwing their guts out the whole night. Like they were like, I just had three visions that I died in a single night, like this whole thing. And the whole time the maestro was just like laughing, you know, and, and the message was like, it's not about the dose, right? I've had extremely powerful cathartic experiences on a microdose or even without mushrooms, but just interacting with the spirit or the energy of whatever plant medicine it is. Um, for a lot of people, like they're so constrained and they have so much, whether, you know, I've heard so many stories of people that are like, you know, uh, uh, war veterans, you know, and they have so much just, their nervous system is so shot that they need, like, they need 30 grams as like a microdose. Like, honestly, like they they need so much stimulation to get over that hump. And other people, I've, I've seen people have a crazy trip on like a 0.01 gram mushroom dose. And it's like that, it's wild. Like some people are more sensitive to others. And honestly, like, you know, sometimes for some people, the more they take, the more sensitive they get and they're able to get into that space, um, more easily. Like they don't need as much, uh, to get into that space. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. That's certainly been the case for me. Um, I talked with East Forest, who's awesome. That's who I actually I listened to his Music for Mushrooms album on the 30 grams. So we had a, we had an interesting podcast after that experience, breaking it down. And um, he said the same thing. He's like, everyone's neurochemistry is different. 
you know, one gram for me is not one gram for you. Just like there's no one right size food. There's no one right, right. Like amount of food for each person. Our microbiomes are different. How we're breaking this down. It's not like you're injecting psilocin. Our digestive systems are at work here and they factor into that. And, um, you know, to his point, I've had a buddy who lost his fucking marbles on a gram, like could yeah. not sit still, could not keep quiet for, for six hours. He was howling, you know, walking around on all fours, just fucking, uh, obliterated whatever noble silence the ceremony was supposed to have, you know, and, and it ended up being a, a pretty amazing experience and, a, and one that we never hoped to do again. But, but that was, that was all the, the, the proof that I needed. And at the same time, there's nothing quite like 30 grams other than 30 grams, you know? So like having had that experience, I feel that the, the, the bridgeway, the light bridge, you know, the Thor's Thor's rainbow road to Asgard is wide open for me. And on any dose I can get there now because I've had the 30 gram experience. So I feel like a little goes a very long way for me now with any medicine because I've opened that doorway up so big in the past. And I think that's, that's another benefit to having gone there. Drop kicked it down. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I, I feel the same way. Like, and a big part of my intention now with just living my life is, is, you know, can, similar to what you're saying, like, can we extend the DMT trip? And, you know, a kind of a cosmic joke is we are in the DMT trip. Like the trip is our life. I mean, this is the greatest trip ever. Um, just living life is the most psychedelic thing in the universe. Like we don't need substances to have a psychedelic experience. Just being in this human body is the most radical thing ever. Um, and like, how are you going to integrate it? You know, there's so many people in this space that are constantly searching for trip to trip, festival to festival, experience to experience, uh, you know, life hack to life hack. And it's like, can you be a good person? You know, can you have that 30 gram trip and then come back to your day-to-day life and integrate the lessons that, that you're, were taught, or are you going to keep jumping from trip to trip and you're, you're kind of catching, you're chasing that high, you know? Um, but you never get it because it's, it's like, you know, and, and this is my lesson for me and everyone's different, but you know, it's like, yeah, this this is it. There's there's nothing to chase. There's no there to get. You know, it's it's all here. It's all every single li- every single moment of your life is the ceremony, right? And and chasing the fireworks or the the DMT visions or the the fractals. It's like that's that's great. I mean, they're cool to look at, but but like just being a good person in your day to day life. That oh, that's cathartic as fuck. Like that is that's it. That's all you got to do, and like just be here now, and that's the journey. Like that's the ceremony, and that that's the thirty gram trip. Is just can you be in your human body day to day, moment to moment? That's that's such a massive one, and that's actually something ceremony taught me. Like I, I was very fortunate to have a um, you know a black belt in in his in his own ranks as a medicine man was my boxing coach, and so he really started prepping me with sweat lodges, Native American sweat lodges and, and, uh, Tamas skulls from Central America. And, and then eventually with plant medicines, but he showed me respect and reverence. He taught me about intention. He taught me about surrender and he, he prepped me in a way that held a safe and sacred container. And that really extended into all my experiences going forward. I had his tutelage to take with me in every journey, even, even now that he's passed five years ago, 
he's still with me in every journey, you know, but I think about that. There was a time in my life where if, if shit hit the fan or if there were big decisions to be made, or if it just felt like I was in a crunch, I would need to know when the next ceremony was so I could have the big questions answered, you know, like when will there be reprieve? Oh, well, I'm going to Sultara or I'll have this coming up. Okay. Then I can iron out the big stuff and, and, and get, get my life sorted, you know, but, but, after enough of those, you do realize like life is the ceremony. This whole thing we're in is a fucking psychedelic journey. And if I can take the same respect and reverence I have in the final four weeks before ayahuasca, if I can take that daily on what I put in my body, how I treat myself, what media do I consume? Who do I hang out with? And where does my North star lining me towards in terms of what I'm tracking and what I'm trying to create in my life. And at the end of the day, have you seen, um, uh, anything or everything everywhere all the time. So good. Such a good movie. Oh my <laughs> it's, God. I just watched it for a second time last night. Like the oh, end yeah. of that, you know, like spoiler alert, but the end of that, you know, with, with the, again, it's the, the be kind. Like when you don't know what the fuck's going on, be kind. When you're confused, be kind. Like that, that piece is such an important piece because we're always going to find ourselves at a crossroad of the old world dying, the new world being born. You know, like we're in a great state of transition right now on a global level. And in many ways, it is a, a global initiation. And at the same time, it's how we show up. Not, 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 not much beyond that, that will determine what shapes the world going forward. I've had this experience multiple times uh, pre-plant ceremony, right? Uh, and as humans, we all get stuck in this trip of like, I will be happy when, you know? And constantly that that hamster hamster wheel of like, when this happens, then I could do this or, you know, and, and we constantly are chasing the next thing. And so, and I do it as constantly, you know, and, but some of the, the coolest lessons that I've had, like pre plant medicine journey, it just happened to me a couple of weeks ago as well. The entire week of just, you know, I'm, I'm writing my intentions and just get this, this, this clarity of like, okay, here's all your answers. And I'm writing down all the questions that I have, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm prepping for this big night. These are the questions that I've been holding on for the last two years. Like I've been, you know, struggling, I've been all this stuff. And it's like, here's the answer in like one sentence. And it's like, that's it. And then I'm like looking at my notebook and I'm like, I just answered all my intentions, all my questions. It just, and I was like, okay, what, what about this, this big, you know, ceremony that I've been hyping myself up for like this, like what's going to happen then? And it's, and the ceremony is quiet, you know, and this has happened to me so many times where it's like, all my, my answers are questions are all my questions are answered before the ceremony. And once I get there, it's just silent. And it's like, yeah, just live your life now. Like you don't need to take anything you can tune in, you have all the answers, you know, and it's like, stop waiting for that moment in the future to get X, Y, Z done, you know, or, you know, you can be happy now, you can answer your questions now. Uh, and that, yeah, it, it's a easier said than done. Uh, but, but it, yeah, it, it feels kind of, kind of silly to, uh, to have that experience. And then, you know, um, yeah, it can be a trap to, you know, you can you can prevent yourself from doing the healing unless you're in a ceremonial lodge. You know, you yeah. you prevent yourself from from you know instilling good habits or really doing the work unless you're on a retreat or unless you're t 
taking plant medicine or unless you're XYZ, whatever it is. And it's like, you don't necessarily need that. You know, some people need that kick through the door to help them, you know, get through that hump. But if you become reliant on it as a crutch, then, you know, can, can you be a good person and can you do the work in your everyday life? And, and that's, I think, the most potent medicine right there. Uh, and I'm, I'm still learning it every day. And it's, it's a hard one, but it's, it's juicy. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a juicy one. I, I think mushrooms are really good. They're a really good teacher of that because, you know, they're constantly doing the work in the background and they're not, you know, with trees and with all the plants, I mean, they're really like in your face. Uh, you know, huge trees in the forest and, and, you know, plants make these beautiful flowers and they're just like these delicious fruits and they're like right in your face and big and bright. Uh, mushrooms are just like kind of in the shadows, you know, and they're small, they're underneath the soil and, and they're constantly doing the work um, in the shadows and they're not, they're not getting a lot of, a lot of credit. And so I, that's kind of a, a good lesson for me and why I appreciate mushrooms so much is that you know, they're, they're just humble stewards. They're, they're doing the work and what needs to be done and not being so show-offy about it, which is, it's a good, good lesson for everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's a, it brings up a, a bunch of stuff for me. One, just in thinking of, um, in thinking of the, the, the humbleness of the mushroom, you know, we, we have a little garden in our backyard and we're still, we've started a farm. I don't know if Sky mentioned it, but we have a farm out in Lockhart that we've been working full steam on, on the regenerative side. We're growing some mushrooms from, from wood chips and things like that. You know, some of the edible legal kind and, um, and really just trying to branch, like, what is that web? The, how, how big can we make the internal web of the fungi grow and how big can we get that sponge to drop so that it just becomes a water storing house you know, across the whole 118 acres and, um, lots of good stuff coming there, but, um, the plants, like they're such a draw, you know, like, uh, Mark Gaffney talks about us living in a cosmoerotic universe where everything is circling around this attractive force of Eros and Eros is, is, is a present in all things. When we tune into that frequency of like, Oh shit, like I like you, I want you. And that's what plants are doing through scent, through color, through look, um, we, we put in a banana tree an ice cream banana tree last Hell year yeah. and it just fucking took off. Like we got it protected from, from the wind and a bunch of good stuff around it, a bunch of good organic soil amendments in there. And, um, it, she sprouted like eight pups that are all huge and she's flowering a year early right now. And the flowers are like nothing you've ever seen. This one giant hammer drops out of the top of that thing. And each little petal that props up shoots out six bananas that have flowers and, and, and pistols on the end of them, six bananas. And then another, another leaf pops up six more with flowers. And then another one. And there's so many of them. It's just like, Holy shit, this is one plant. And that's all it'll produce. After that, it's dead. You cut it down and the next ones go and the next ones go. But, um, that, that level of attraction that is there and, and yet mushrooms still have a way of attracting us to them, you know, through, through learning what is, what is something we can eat? How do I enhance the flavor of this cuisine? And then all the science that's come out recently, not only on the benefits of various mushroom strains for our own bodies, from turkey tail to lion's mane to chaga and reishi, but also in what, what can this do for the environment? So I'd love for you to branch into you know, researching outside of psilocybin, what are some of your favorite mushrooms for human health and what are some of your favorite mushrooms for the environment? Definitely. Yeah, I think 
for maybe there's people that don't really know exactly even what a mushroom is. And uh, a lot of people, their only kind of experience with mushrooms is the grocery store kind, right? They, or maybe in a salad bar, they've seen mushrooms. Um, and so, you know, you can think of a mushroom like an apple on an apple tree or a banana on a banana tree. Um, it's really the fruit, right? And it stores the seeds or in this case, the spores. Uh, but the the rest of the organism is underground a lot of times or in, in a in a fallen down tree. Um, but, you know, all the mushroom is is the reproductive structure, right? And uh, the rest of the structure is called mycelium or the roots of the mushroom. And uh, from the mushroom, it has spores. The spores grow into mycelium and the life cycle continues. So um, a lot of mushrooms have functional benefits for humans. And, you know, they're really resilient. And because they've survived for hundreds of millions of years in some of the most extreme environments on the planet, they produced uh, really crazy compounds to help them survive and adapt. And some of those compounds are just very beneficial for us. On a functional scale, you know, what makes all functional mushrooms uh, legal, not psilocybin, uh, you know, functional for our health and wellness is that they have this class of compounds called 1316 beta glucans. And they're well studied. There's over, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different studies that show that they're incredibly supportive for our immune systems. Uh, they're also classified as adaptogens. So adaptogens are, you know, herbs or, or plants or mushrooms that help our bodies adapt to occasional stress and fatigue, which I, for one, can use more of, and I'm sure most people on the planet can. Uh, we live in a crazy world. And so, you know, having some allies to just be behind us, giving us a back rub and, uh, you know, uh, hyping us up is really good. And, you know, so, so each mushroom has their own kind of superpower, but those are, you know, two tools that every single functional mushroom carries. But, you know, probably some of the most famous would be one reishi. Uh, Ganoderma lingshir or Ganoderma lucidum. And reishi is the number one herb in traditional Chinese herbalism. It's known mostly for, you know, supporting a sense of calm. Uh, it's, it's famous for its bitter taste. And those are from the triterpenes, uh, the ganoderic acids inside. And these, these bitter compounds help our body's natural inflammatory response post-workout, post jiu-jitsu or something like that and, and help our body come to homeostasis. And um, so really good to take before bed and just kind of drift into that dream world and, and recharge to, to, to be re revived the next day. Uh, really great for supporting lung health, uh, liver health, and overall immune support and overall you know health and wellness and homeostasis. The second probably most famous mushroom uh, would be cordyceps. Cordyceps militaris is a super cool mushroom that's is used a lot for energy. It has two main compounds, cordycepin and adenosine, which work in our natural ATP process. Adenosine triphosphate, food for the mitochondria, powerhouse of the cell. Flashback to uh, high school biology, but you know it's it's a it's a super cool looking mushroom, and if you see them, they look like Cheetos. Um, and with mushroom revival, my company, we actually built the largest and the the first and only certified organic uh, cordyceps militaris mushroom farm in the Americas. 
And we're growing them in mason jars. We're growing them in big plastic bins on rice. In the wild, they grow on moth larvae. And uh, they're an entomopathogenic fungi, which means that they attack insects. And they're, you might have seen some of these type of fungi in like, uh, you know, planet Earth documentaries taking over ants or, you know, taking over some insects and sprouting out of their heads. Uh, this is in that class of different uh, fungi, but, you know, if you're looking to grow it on a commercial scale, you won't use insects. You'll grow it totally vegan on, on a rice substrate. And so that's cordyceps. A lot of athletes use it. Great for supporting lung health, uh, endurance, stamina, energy, and, you know, without the jitters or crash. So it's a great alternative to coffee if you're looking for a crash-free energy source. It's a great uh, stack with coffee too. Like if you're because yeah, they're separate, separate pathways. If you're into coffee and caffeine, like cordyceps with that is is a is an absolute mainstay in my pre workout. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's good to to pair adaptogens with coffee because you know you want to prevent the crash as much as possible and 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 help your adrenal system, not just obliterate it. And uh, you know, lion's mane is another one, the brain mushroom that you that you were talking about before, and you know it it has various compounds like hericinones that are, are great for nerve growth factor in the brain, uh, helping cognitive function, memory, uh, all around brain health and, uh, and nervous system health. And so those three are probably the most famous, but you know, there's dozens and dozens of functional mushrooms out there, if not hundreds. And you know, it, it's a really exciting time here in the US because we're starting to see them be put in pretty much everything possible. And all over the shelves of all, you know, stores. So it's, it's really, we're in the shroom boom as a lot of people like to call it. Uh, and it's really exciting, but they're, they're not only helpful for human health. You know, as I was talking about in the beginning, they're helpful for cleaning up, you know, toxic waste in the environment from oil spills, heavy metals, uh, radioactive isotopes, you name it, they can, they can really help us, you know, remediate toxic waste. But on the, the front end of the problem they also can solve a lot of those issues from from even beginning, from you know making new styrofoam alternatives to new plastics to new leather, uh, really replacing a lot of the toxic materials before they even start to be built in the first place. Yeah, that's something I, I think I saw um, Stamets do a video on six ways mushrooms will save the earth. And he, he spoke about that and I was like, wow, that's, that's insane. You can make like plasticware from mushrooms and, and seats and things like that. <clears throat> that, was, that was pretty mind blowing. One of the things that caught my attention was uh, the study he did on the, on the oil spills. I think it was oyster mushroom that they used. And, um, you know, he had three, three tubes of trash that was above ground and they covered it in tarps, one of which had no treatment, one of which had, uh, the oil spill and another one that had the oil spill with the oyster mushrooms and they could, they could really compare the three, but it was mind blowing to see how over time the, the oyster mushrooms that normally grow white would turn black and they'd keep growing, sucking up this oil and eating it, consuming it. And by the time they'd finished their life cycle, they were completely white again and massive, healthy, gorgeous oyster mushrooms, which he says you can eat, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know it if wouldn't. that would be my first option, but but, um, you know, at that point, they've, uh, under, under what he's 
purporting, he's saying that they're, they've actually used up completely all of the, the oil that's been spilled there. That's how they return to that fresh white state. Uh, may, may or may not, not know quite, if it goes that yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah, by EPA standards, it wasn't a successful cleanup, but it, it was a good, I, I think it, it's good to inspire people and in what can happen. And, you know, he's a great educator in, in, you know, getting people pumped up about mycology, which is, which is, you know, unbelievable. There's so many mycologists in the space that are incredible scientists and doing amazing work, but they don't know how to hype the space up. You know, they're, they're stuck in a laboratory doing amazing life-changing work and do not know how to market themselves. And I think, you know, Paul, that, uh, which is great. I mean, he's one of the, the main kind of cheerleaders for this space of like getting people hyped up about it and making mushrooms sexy and making people like super excited that, Hey, this is a possibility. And, you know, doing a lot of these, you know, pilot scale projects and, you know, recording them and getting on the stage and, and, and making people really excited, which is so needed uh, for this emerging space is people that are influencing it and, you know, getting people hyped. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's something that we can learn you know, as, as any science or any life-changing thing is like, you know, how, how do we take it from the research paper into reality? How do we get funding and how do we get people really excited about it? And it's, it's interesting seeing like this new wave of TikTok and this younger generation is that they can really push movements really fast through the internet and through, you know, getting people hyped and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how, you know, various issues from, you know, environmental problems to even mushrooms paired with the excitement of social media, like what that would do for some movements that are are really exciting. It was really hard back in the day if you were an artist or you're a researcher to to get your work out there. And now it's just with the power of the internet, it's so easy to make a viral video and, you know, uh, to have it spread almost like the mycelium of mushrooms. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What have you, what have you thought with Stamets' work on the bees, you know, with using different funguses to help uh, prevent colony collapse and, and combat some of the, the modern destruction going on in the world? What do you think? Yeah, we actually brought the researchers on. Um, that was done. I believe they're at Oregon. And uh, so, Paul just supplied the uh, the extracts, but it was it was uh, I believe their PhD work at Oregon um, State, and I'm drawing a blank on their name, so uh, apologies. But they, yeah, they're they're two researchers, and they're amazing. Uh, the The results right now are kind of up in the air, um, and so you know, there's a long way to go and there's so many problems with, with colony collapse in which there's their Varroa mites, which, you know, there's such, there's so many incredible, uh, projects out there right now using entomopathogenic fungi to attack the Varroa mites, the, the cordyceps that I was talking about before, uh, to just target the Varroa mites from even entering the brood. The other aspect was, you know, um, using fungal extracts. And, you know, their results, I was talking to them and they said, yeah, it might not even be the mushrooms or the, the fungi. It might just be, you know, all the, the minerals and we could just use nettles or use some, some other things. And 
this is something that I, I have to keep checking myself as someone who's super hyped about mushrooms and fungi is like, it, I, and I used to go into this trip of like, mushrooms are going to save the world, which is amazing, but it's not the only thing out there. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of amazing things. And, and this is what happens with, with any ecosystem is it works in symbiosis with many, many things out there. Um, and so we have to look at, you know, I can't be in a rabbit hole of thinking like mushrooms are going to do everything. They're, they're going to do amazing things, but, but it's not the only solution. And we have to work, you know, in symbiosis with, with so many things out there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Colony collapse is a huge issue and fingers crossed that we, we figure it out before, before it happens. No, we're, we're gonna, no doubt. I mean, I've got, we've got, we, we brought in, um, three hives from two different strains of honeybee at our farm just to have variety, you know, cause we wanted to make sure if one goes down, we don't lose them both in a perfect scenario. We don't lose any, but um, yeah, we're just starting to get into that. What are, what is the, the best practices with beekeeping? We had a, an expert come out who's local to, to Southern Texas and a uh, great guy. And he was teaching us a lot. And one of the things that they've been using is a probiotic that also contains Saccharomyces, right? Saccharomyces, uh, when I was at Onnit, that was in one of the Onnit, um, the the mushroom tech, which was our immune supporting one, and um, it's also in one of the strains uh, of Saccharomyces is included in Biome, and I've had uh, both those guys, Afif Ganoum, Doctor Afif Ganoum, and Doctor Mahmoud Ganoum, on the podcast a couple of times now. Yeah, they're great. They're they're, awesome. they're phenomenal people, and they talked a bit about how the Saccharomyces have the ability to break down biofilm in parasites and candida within our gut, which allows probiotics to do a better job of policing them and keeping the right relation and balance within the gut for the human microbiome. But what this beekeeper was stating was it's very similar. You're healing the gut of the bee and in healing the gut of the bee, that allows them to be healthier and more robust and more and have a stronger immune system when it comes to taking on uh, some of the other challenges. So I, thought, I found that to be super interesting. Yeah, just I'm just pulling up uh, the names of the the two researchers. So uh, Jennifer Hahn and Nick Nager. So I I didn't want to pass that up before. Uh, I didn't want to forget their names entirely. So credit for um, credit is due. I like that. Yeah, but yeah, the, the work of the microbiome is so important. You know, we're we're starting to understand so much about our bacteria in our gut. You know how it's you know seventy uh, percent of our immune system, ninety percent of our serotonin production is produced in our gut, and most of our our emotional su- support is really our gut health. And you know, as we're learning more, it's like okay, a lot of that is also fungi as well. And I like to think of ourselves as kind of a public transport system for microorganisms. I mean, we're we're over ninety percent other organisms, and we're just carrying them around and. Every time we eat, like we have to remember, it's like we're not only feeding ourselves and our bodies, but we're feeding billions of other microorganisms. And and it's really like who's telling our body to, it's time to feed right now. You know, it's like the more you think about it, and this is a a good analogy for looking out into nature. Like the next time you see a tree, like that banana tree, it's like it's not just that banana tree. There's hundreds of different fungi inside the cell walls uh, of the plant and attached to the roots, really influencing that tree. 
And, you know, it is trading nutrients. It is, you know, sending different messages to other plants around it. And it's almost like that's a puppet for these microorganisms like ourselves. And the more that we're diving into this research, we're learning that pretty much everything is is kind of a, a glove for microorganisms. And we're just kind of, it's the illusion that we're, you know, I'm a, I'm my own individual human being. And it's like, you're really not. Like you're... You're a complex system of billions of different organisms all coming together and like you're just the outer projection, you know? Yeah, we're each we're each our own universe in that respect, for sure. Where do you see mushrooms taking us next? You know, studying this um on a human health side as well as on a on a ecological side of things. How do you see us, you know, stepping into right relation and, and beginning to learn, uh, maybe just rekindle some of the ancestral wisdom that was once lost? But where do you see mushrooms heading in the future? You know, we're at a we're at a time where there are so many issues in our in our world, you know, and it and there's never been a time in history where there hasn't. You know, I I don't want to be I don't want to make it seem like we're about to be on the apocalypse and has never been this way before. Like out of the whole span of all human history, this might be one of the best in terms of a lot of our issues, but uh yeah from from a lot you know bee colony collapse to even ticks carrying Lyme disease to mosquitoes carrying malaria to our plastic issue you know so many issues in our world can be solved with fungi um and so I think that's really exciting to really dive in and and form this right relationship with with mushrooms there's this statistic I don't know how true it is but uh that out of all humans that have ever existed, lived and died, about 50% have died of malaria. And there's research in uh, Burkina Faso uh, from Dr. Brian Lovett, and he's doing this amazing research of using fungi, and there's two different scenarios that are either killing the mosquito carrying malaria, and it's 99.9% effective, or curing the malaria in the mosquito, in the gut of the mosquito. And so it's not even killing the mosquito, it's actually curing the malaria inside of it. Um, and so that's just one. It's like if we can save hundreds of millions of people's lives with just that alone, I mean, that's a huge step forward. One of the most exciting projects that I'm, I'm seeing right now is just legalization around psilocybin. You know, I, I think it's, it's one of the most universal plant medicines or fungal medicines that I could think of is psilocybin. I mean, if you look at pretty much every single culture ever to exist, they've had a relationship with magic mushrooms. From the dawn of time, I mean, there's a theory by Terence and Dennis McKenna that our our human evolution evolved with, with psilocybin. I mean, there's so many mental health issues that can be that can be addressed from PTSD to depression anxiety with using psilocybin that I think especially coming out of covid I've had a I've for one had a rough two years and they've helped me dramatically I can't even imagine for people that don't have access to these tools or don't really know that these tools exist uh, how cathartic this experience can be for them you know um and it's not like a magic pill that will instantly solve your your issues but you know you have to do the work in real life to to integrate those 
those things, but they can they can be extremely cathartic for people to really get in right relationship with their mind, body, spirit. And I think that's the root of most issues in our world is people having a disconnect with their mind, body, spirit, right? And they're not at ease. They're in dis-ease, disharmony, right? Uh, and so they're they're more likely to cause injury on a, another human being or to cause pollution in the planet, like because they see themselves as separate from the planet. And you know, I I, I think that for one, I I want more people to to eat magic mushrooms. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, I think in that connection piece on the mind, body, spirit, that's that's. You know, in our earlier, in the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about the, the bigger dose and building that bridge. The bridge is back to yourself. You know, the bridge is to the high self, the soul, whatever you want to call that. And that is where our intuition is located. You know, it's, it's like if there's a space for it, it's going to be in that connection to our high self. And I think that's one of the, the most beautiful things about the tools in the plant medicine category is that they have a, um, you know, they're, they will connect us to higher understandings in the ceremony at very least. Then over time, one can draw back and say, oh shit, this is here right now. You know, as you're writing out your questions pre-ceremony and the answers come to you and you know, like there's a gnosis around what, what you're writing down is the answer. And it's a very direct, straight and to the point. It, it leaves, um, it leaves little doubt in my mind, you know, when you reach that point and you're like, Oh shit. All right. I'm already tapped in. Maybe the medicine is already working. Um, or maybe that medicine's already there, you know, as I have built that connection and now I can access that point. I think that's a, a, a big piece for us to grapple, grapple with and understand is that we can come to a point of remembering our inner divinity and having an access point to that, that higher levels of knowledge and wisdom and, and access that with or without medicine, you know, but certainly, uh, in the entry level, uh, beginning stages of that, it has been a, a very useful ally in my mind and many, many friends of mine to be able to find access to that point in the first place. And really, I mean, it's, it may be at the end of all of this, we don't quote unquote solve these issues, right? And maybe in three months from now, an asteroid hits the planet and we all get wiped out. You know, that, that's a possibility. But I, I think one thing for me is that psilocybin helps me view the world and just, it makes it a little more magical, you know? And, and when life is getting a little bleak and I'm getting in these routines of, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same thing every day and, and it's just kind of wearing me down and I'm staring at a computer screen and things are just, I'm, I'm watching too too much of the news and seeing all these negative things and life just turns a little gray, you know, and, and it just, it gets a little bleaker, you know, it, working with mushrooms and, and not even magic mushrooms, but just going out in the woods and seeing these crazy organisms for me brings the sparkle back in life. And regardless of if it all works out in the end, that sparkle is something that I think, oh God, if everyone just had that, I mean, it, the world would just be a, a, a much more magical place, right? And part of that non-attachment is, is one, of, I think one of the biggest lessons I've gotten from mushrooms is like, we're so scared of death, 
in, in this society, especially in the United States, we're terrified of death. And mushrooms, fungi thrive on it, right? When a, when a tree falls in the forest, when that banana tree falls, eventually, you know, fungi are just going to gobble that up and they're going to love it, you know? And, and if, if we just drop nukes on each other and we, there's a World War III and we're just, and the, the whole world is in this like post-apocalyptic, uh, super radioactive place, fungi will come and they'll thrive, right? And there's something beautiful in that. If there's something beautiful when you leave an orange out, you know, and, and you forget to eat it or leave any food out and it just gets covered in mold. It's like rewriting that thing in your brain that goes, ew, you know, rewriting that thing that's, oh, that's, that's bad, you know, or that's gone bad. It's like, no, that's gone. That's, that's gone to the fungi. You know, there's no good and bad. It's just being okay with the cycles of life and death. And that's e- way easier said than done. Um, but the, I think that's one of the most beautiful lessons of, of mushrooms and fungi. And like, it, it's funny that, so the one night I was telling you about a couple of weeks ago with the, the two cups and, uh, you know, of, of Aya, the next morning, my friend comes to me and uh, he was like, oh yeah, I had this crazy dark experience of, of, uh, I just got lowered into the ground and I saw myself die and I could feel it. It was the scariest thing ever. And it was so dark and, uh, it was the worst. And I'm like, you know what I had that night, half of my body turned into a skeleton. And for me, it was like blissful. Like for me, I was like, wow, cool. I'm going to die someday. Amazing. You know? And like, thanks for the reminder and it was this blissful moment rather than this like scary, like, oh, this terrible thing, like, oh, death is so dark and 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 the, the worst thing ever for me. One of the first times I, I was like, oh, cool. Like this human body is limited and I'm going to die someday. And I'm grateful for this present moment that I get to experience this experience. And like, thanks for the reminder. You know, I we forget about death. Um, we're, I feel like as humans, especially in the United States where we block it out of our, of our awareness. Um, but it, it, for me, it, if you can change your perspective on it, it can make life a lot more magical, right? If you realize that today could be your last day, right? And the next time you're around your family, that might be the last time you see them. And so just to cherish that, you know, and to cherish every single sight and smell around you and, and know that, this is a gift and it's a limited one, you know, and uh, it, it's part of the whole cycle, which it, it makes, it can make it more beautiful, you know, it, and it, it, it come overcoming that anxiety can be extremely cathartic. And I, you know, and this is, this is something that they're working with people that are on their deathbed with, with psilocybin, which I think is so huge is like, yeah, if if we don't have a structure in our society to talk about death and to be okay with it, you know, and to to have these types of ceremonies that can be, you know, uh, to have these ego death experiences, if if this is not common in our society, once we finally get to the actual deathbed and we have no practice of it, it can be scary as shit. I can't even imagine, you know, like, um, 
it could be terrifying and you're, you're just like white knuckling it to the very end. I mean, and you just <laughs> like, yeah, that sucks. You know, it, it, it's, it's so cathartic to, you know, to, to, to have that practice on a daily basis. And, you know, I'm, this is my medicine right now of what I'm going through. And it could be the smallest things of like, you know, realizing that some of your friends, you know, of, of coming from that non-attachment is like, I love this person right now. And can I love them with non-attachment? I love my dog, but I, next time they could run out the door and get hit by a car. And so like every single aspect of your life, can you love it with non-attachment? And can you be okay with it ending, so to speak? Um, because at, at some point it is. And that ending is inevitable and that ending is a new beginning. And I, I think fungi do such a beautiful job of, of showing us that, at least for me. They've, they showed me that death can be beautiful and, and death is a new beginning and, and they're decomposers, a lot of them, right? They're, they're in the, the wood chips like in your garden and they're decomposing that wood, which used to be a tree, a living tree, and they're decomposing the, into the soil, into that sponge. And that's beautiful, like compost for some people is like this smelly, disgusting thing, but it, it's soil at the end of the day, which turns into ice cream bananas and you can eat that shit. And that's fucking delicious and beautiful. And like that wouldn't happen without death and decay. Um, and so I, you know, I, I hope and I invite people to kind of sit with that more. Uh, and it's not something that us as humans, especially in the United States sit with is, is really decomposition and death. Um, and if, if we can sit in it, and this is an invitation for myself as well, like if we could sit more in, in this unattached blissful state with, with that uncomfortability, life can be a lot more cathartic. I love that brother. Well, this is a great place to stop. Where can people find you online and stay in touch with you and tell us a little bit about, uh, your company mushroom revival before we head out. Yeah. So I have a functional mushroom company called mushroom revival. We also have a uh, a mushroom podcast. And so everything is on mushroomrevival.com. We have tinctures, capsules, powders, gummies, all with uh, 10 different functional mushrooms included. Uh, we have QR codes, fully transparent with our lab results. I mean, this is, this is our bread and butter. We, we love doing is making badass functional mushroom products for people and making people feel good. You know, reviving, reviving health with functional mushrooms and, and geeking it geeking out about them too. I mean, we have a whole team of bloggers writing, writing amazing articles and we bring on some of the, the top experts from all around the world to geek out with us on our podcast. And it's all in mushroomrevival.com. And, you know, our podcast is on all streaming platforms. Uh, and I'm, I'm currently writing a book right now. This is my second book and it, I have a due date on July 25th that I'll hand everything in. I'm, I'm deep in the weeds writing right now and it should be released early next year and I'm super excited about it. It'll be, it's, it'll be a good one, just highlighting a bunch of different mushrooms and really good for beginners and experts alike. Uh, but yeah, I hope, hope everyone gets out in the woods and, and explores mushrooms. Absolutely, brother. Well, it's been so good having you on. We'll definitely have to do it again after your book comes out. Oh yeah. Thanks All for right, having thank me on. Thank you so brother. much, brother. Appreciate you.